0: welcome to unlucky for some is it 13 yeah. oh my yeah. so we
1: made it over a year oh in the month of a friday the 13th as well
0: oh this is, this could be either the worst podcast that we've done
1: <laughs> or the best podcast it that we've done it can't be worse like it recording couldn't... technical problems wise
0: my yes many apologies for last so that month. was
1: definitely last month
0: yeah yeah we were back on uh, we were back on zoom yeah for um, technical isolation reasons yeah and um, suffice it to say we had myriad technical problems but we're yeah. back in, we're back in the room we're back in the room back in, back in the B2 room one. Um, so yeah it's got it's 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 gonna be the best it's gotta be better than that yeah it's gonna be the best the best well, we are this month addressing perhaps the elephant in the room when it comes to a British podcast, a British film podcast. Mm-hmm. This is maybe the film that might be the first to spring to people's minds. Do you think? Ooh. When we're discussing British films, or well, one of the first, maybe certainly rewatchable. Yeah, British if you're films. a hard,
1: if you're like a diehard British film fan like that is your genre. Yes. Then
0: yeah, maybe could be one of those. Mm-hmm. We've decided to go for this one because it is the month of holidays. Although looking <laughs> out of the window, one might not think so. It's currently, uh, yeah, the weather's quite apt for the film as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We're rainy. currently between showers at the moment, but uh, yeah, so it is the perfect British holiday weather. And uh, maybe this is the perfect British holiday film. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, this man. month we are obviously discussing uh, a film about two struggling actors who go on holiday by mistake. <laughs> um, we're discussing uh, with Neil and I, finally. Yeah. Um, so it's a nineteen eighty six film, set in nineteen sixty nine. Yes. There are a few little um, anachronisms, I believe, for the nitpickers out there. But you know, it it seems mostly uh correct in its setting the music it seems pretty 60s to me exactly definitely in fact i think some people there are some people who actually think it was filmed in the 60s yeah 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 Yeah. i did read that but yes definitely not 1986 imdb score of 7.6 mm-hmm. respectables i think so yeah mm-hmm. it won the evening standard british film award for best best screenplay it's easy for me to say <laughs> um, that was for bruce robinson uh, he wrote and directed it mm-hmm. and it was nominated for best film at the torino international festival of young cinema that well known award. Yes. I had to look this is up. Is it a well
1: known award? I'm being facetious where well, it might
0: actually be. <laughs> I, I had to look this up because I had no idea where Torino is. Yeah. Uh it's Turin. Oh it's exactly. Yes, yes, yes. So there's a gap in my knowledge field. Um, okay. yes. So um so it I believe it kinda of panned when it came out, did it? I think so. Certainly wasn't as successful as it has yeah. become.
1: So, yeah, it's like the cult following now, isn't it's it? It's
0: practically the definition of a cult film. Yeah. One that bombed at the box office. I certainly didn't mm-hmm. do too well. mm mm-hmm. Um And now it has a, a place in many people's hearts. Yeah. So when did you first watch With Neil and I? Um, I, I can't remember when it was. I certainly didn't see it at the cinema because I would have been 12
1: mm-hmm.
0: at the time. Um... I've written down on DVD brackets maybe video probably video probably, actually yeah. yeah um and I'm going to I'm not going to lie first time I saw it bit underwhelmed mm mm-hmm. mhm okay because I think as with any film um which I was discussing with your other half this morning actually at bathroom as with a lot of films if the if the designated a classic mm-hmm. and you have this expectation
1: yeah Mm-hmm.
0: very often you're disappointed. Yeah. Um, sometimes you think, well, wow, I'm, I'm, I can't believe I've waited all that time to watch that film. Um, and then other times you think, I'm not quite sure what all the fuss is about. Yeah,
1: kind of like me with my first viewing of Blade Runner. There was that... Oh, okay. I, I put it off for so long. Yeah. And then when I finally watched it, I was like, well, what was that about? But then I watched it again a few years later and I was like, oh, get it I now.
0: get it, exactly. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few classic films that I've watched and thought, mm, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, I wouldn't say I wasn't disappointed with it, but I just thought, well, yeah, okay, I've seen that now. Yeah. You know, I get where the catchphrases come from. Mm-hmm. Um, but wasn't in, like an enormous fan. Uh, I've seen it again since then. Prior to to our our current she watch. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, not. Uh, not bowled over by it, but I think, much like the uh, much like the lighter fluid, um, <laughs> it, <laughs> I did maybe not the lighter fluid. I think I think the film is addictive. Yeah. I think the more you watch it, mm-hmm. the more you like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm already looking forward to seeing it again at some point in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, I I didn't like it. Um, I loved it. <laughs> I love hey. it. <laughs> fake out, fake out. Um, yeah, I, I, I sat there watching it, thinking, oh, this, this film is uh, relatable in some, <laughs> in some ways, That's slightly disturbing. It is a little bit, <laughs> but you know, not going into too much detail there. Um, yeah, I thought it was completely barmy bonkers. Yes. Also unrelatable in other places i'm but, glad about uh, that you know, i'm glad yeah but i kind of uh, i got some of the the humor like from experience and things so yeah it was a entertaining film to watch i've gotta say and i did love it
0: yeah definitely
1: thought it was great
0: uh yeah and so i uh, under um is it re-watchable and why or why not i think it's definitely rewatchable. mm-hmm there's yeah, always. Yeah, because
1: there's so many good quotes that you just want to like hear again, and like, Richard E. Grant and Paul McCann delivering them in particular.
0: they're amazing, considering really that it, it, it was the both of them. It was their first feature film.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, apparently so. so. well cast. Mm-hmm.
1: But it sounds like they went through the ringer audition wise from Bruce Robinson. It sounds like he was really, really, really picky. Definitely. Of, I hope, who got the parts?
0: It, yeah, they and certainly I think he did
1: give him like a bit of a bully time at some at some points, like, to, like, pull the performance out of them. Definitely, Although yeah. Richard D. Grant in A Special Feature was just like, oh, he claims to, like, you know, pull the performance out of people. It's like, well, I can't
0: repeat what he said. But he said <laughs> it was
1: rubbish.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's really good direction, though, and, and writing, mm. because it kind of comes across shambolic yeah. in parts and you, you almost think that it must be improvised and it felt like watching an elongated episode of bottom to me <laughs> yeah that's a really <laughs> kind good of made me think about observation yeah definitely yeah uh, and neither of them apparently were the first choices oh, right, uh, okay. for the for the role um, people who were considered for the role of with nail um, Daniel Day-Lewis right okay um, Bill Nighy mm-hmm. Uh Chuckles Branner <laughs> See that? <laughs> I yeah, to you see definitely that. want to see that. <laughs> um, Ed Tudor Paul. It was the only oh. one I can actually see in the role because he looks quite similar to. Rich I think Dugan. so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I'm not sure who who he may have had in mind for uh, for Mountwood, but certainly Paul McGann was uh, initially rejected because of his scout's absence. Right. Oh, okay. Um, and he went away and came back and said, "Oh, I can do. I can do this with a." You know, with, with a, a home County's accent, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he gave him the role,
1: nice but one.
0: Um, but yeah, he had to audition more than once apparently. Oh. For that, so so yeah, Bruce Robinson obviously knew he had a vision. He knew what he wanted. Yes.
1: But he, you know, I was thinking like the writing's brilliant, like I think the scripting is just so smart for his first sort of feature. Yeah. Film as well, but he did say that he, as a director, he had no idea what he was doing because it was like his first film directing he was he actually stood up in front of everyone on day 1 and just said i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to make some mistakes things might not go to plan but we'll sort it out together but he, wow. he did he did like got his cat to like the crew and said like the crew were amazing yeah and really did a lot to help out uh uh-huh. so i thought that was quite nice a good team effort absolutely yeah. yeah yeah that's what you want as your first time direction
0: definitely isn't it a good team around you yeah um i mean the film's partly autobiographical mm-hmm. i believe worrying which is again <laughs> quite worrying yeah um so uh, with Nails based on Bruce, um, I keep wanting to say Bruce Dickinson. It's definitely not Bruce Dickinson. No, That's I a did go and see version. Bruce Dickinson I the other night and, so. and it was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was awesome.
0: <laughs> but yeah, he's, um, it, it, was, it was an older, uh, his housemate, Vivian McCarroll, mm-hmm. who was a, a, an actor who didn't... Actor. An actor who <laughs> never really got any parts and, and yeah. drank quite a lot. So yeah, he was uh, kind of with Nell was loosely based on him, mm. and his own experiences as a as an actor, who then turned to writing. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think he said um, that Uncle Monty was based on
1: a director that he'd worked with as an actor yes. himself as well, which is. A yeah, it was brilliant.
0: in it um, was in Romeo and Juliet. Release, uh Romeo and Juliet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I love that one. And yes. He says that, yeah, So some some of the things, he, he said it, so we don't see why we shouldn't say it, yeah, we'll not, not, not name any names, but some of his experiences were similar to those uh, potentially of of uh, Marwood mm-hmm. uh, and the other people that he, that he references. Yep. Uh, apparently he writes under the influence of red wine, which explains a lot.
1: <laughs> well, um, I saw um, on the DVD, I saw a special feature and... Yeah, he, he sounds pretty hammered throughout the special feature. That would make and sense. And he does have a big glass of red wine yeah. and a packet of uh, silk cut in front of him right. the whole time.
0: <laughs> so, uh, under how British is it, um, uh, Bruce Robinson is from Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, it was executive produced by uh, George Harrison, made by Handmade Films, mm-hmm. which we've come across before when we did uh, Monty Python's yeah. Life of Brian. Um, filmed in London, Penrith and Milton Keynes
1: mm-hmm. And on the M25 as well Yes just specific, You know, because we've had motorway things before in the we podcast have. I just yeah. thought I'd give a shout out to the M25, the M25 like, yes. Which actually does make sense in this film
0: It does, yeah Yeah, yeah it does <laughs> Although you do have to get off the M25 at some point to get to, to the get to District Yes, yeah. you do <laughs> Um, I don't know if you noticed in the credits, uh, Ringo Starr gets a special production consultant mm. credit I didn't under spot his that. Um, yeah un- under his original name. I'm not sure if he actually was consulted or if it <laughs> was just a, a favour. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. So it's definitely British. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: Very much so. non yes. British. No arguing on that
0: one. Uh, the cast we've uh, we've spoken about. Uh, Richard E. Grant and Paul McGann. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Griffiths um, sadly passed away in 2013. Wow, that's uh, a bit longer already. Anyway. Unbelievably, when they made this, he was only 12 years older than <laughs> Paul wow. McGann. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: I know he's got a bit of makeup on and stuff, but yes. he definitely looks a bit older. Wow, he? he does. He yeah. does. Perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's brilliant when he's like having a freak out in his house about the cat. Oh my, yes. And then yeah. um, over-lovingly talking about vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. You know what? Brilliant.
0: I, the, the older I get, the more I understand Monty's love for vegetables. <laughs> Personally, I grow nothing in my garden that I can't eat. Well, Fair enough. So, yeah, you know, I have a bit of an affinity there with, okay. uh, with old, uh, old Uncle Monty. <laughs> I like his obsession with vegetables. Um, we've got Ralph Brown who plays um who plays the drug dealer. Danny the dealer. <laughs> Danny the dealer.
1: I like him, I think he's brilliant. I think he's like a Russell Brand sort of s. hey
0: that's it, yeah. Character. That's an interesting comparison.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I should have brought that up later because that's 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 popped into my head for something later
0: in the podcast. Oh, okay, but, okay. But um will yeah it does kind of we'll pretend think exactly. of that um <laughs> I'd forgotten about this, mm-hmm. but have you seen Wayne's World 2?
1: I have, but a long time ago. Yeah, yeah,
0: me too. But he basically plays the same character oh, in that. Right, he basically okay. plays... Um, he does the same voice, but he plays a roadie right. in Wayne's oh, yeah, World 2. He that. does the same voice mm-hmm. and he tells... You may remember this, he tells a story about the brown M&M's. You know, the famous story about the, uh, the, the band. Requesting only oh, brown Eminems, um, right? Okay. Um, but he's yes. basically playing the same character. He's called uh, Del Preston in Waynes World Two, but he's essentially playing um That's the dealer. Danny the dealer. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. And when you hear him speak in real life, and when you look at him in real life, uh-huh. it's, it's a really amazing performance because he looks nothing like.
1: I uh, know. Yeah, he really doesn't. <laughs> no. He really doesn't. He doesn't really talk Not that way at all. either. Like no. I think he he nailed the um. <clears throat> the audition, didn't he, for the part? Because he turned up, like, in yeah. character. So, they were like, yeah.
0: we love that. I think he based the voice on someone that he knew as well. Oh, really? Yeah, which is <laughs> slightly disconcerting. <gasps> that gives away a few things. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Oh, we, we uh, Richard E. Grant, um, I have written down that he was actually born in South Africa, famously. Yeah. But he's—he's, he's, you know, we're still—we're still claiming him. But you try and find
1: anyone that sounds more English. Exactly. than Richard E. Grant. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's not so, happening. Yes, we're happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we've already discussed this off podcast, but um, uh, how many degrees of Richard Curtis? No. <laughs> oh. Well, mine's short and sweet. To be fair, excellent,
1: incredibly short and sweet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Go for it. As if you literally flipped up in 30 seconds it. just yeah. before the podcast <laughs> started. So, all I can say is thank goodness for Spice World. <laughs> well, something that I say on a daily basis. Yes, um, Spice World has like a plethora of of well-known British accents. I'm, so I'm going to take you word for that. So easy. Oh, see, can't what what you're missing. Don't know what you're missing. Uh, That's got to be on the podcast at some point.
0: (laughs) I was actually going to suggest that you get to pick next month because I picked this, but please
1: don't. I won't bring that around too soon. (laughs) We'll we'll leave it somewhere, sort of mid to mid table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Richard E. Grant was in Spice World. Um, As was Hugh Laurie, right? And Hugh Laurie was in Blackadder. Oh, the Uh, director Richard Curtis. Oh, well, short
0: and sweet. Well done. Thank you, Spice World. Yeah, and IMDb. (laughs) Spice World rules. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've got I've got one again. We haven't trodden 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 We haven't trodden Trodden. this particular path before Mm because we made a new rule, didn't we, last month that we can't go through, you know, other channels that we've already traversed. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to go with this. Paul McGann was the doxer. Mm-hmm. uh in the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie right um i can't even tell you the expectation when we watched that oh. the first time. after such a long break it was so exciting <laughs> um slightly disappointing but very very exciting mm-hmm. um eric roberts played the master right that. okay okay
1: yeah
0: eric roberts is julia roberts older brother mm mm-hmm. mhm And Julie Roberts played Anna Scott in Notting Hill, written by Richard Curtis. Oh, well done, you. Yeah. Nice. Short and sweet and completely different from any other connection that we've had before. Doctor Who wins. Well, while (laughs) we're on the subject of Doctor Who, going to geek out on this one. Go for it. Um, Richard E. Grant has technically played the Doctor twice. Has he? He has. So, obviously, Paul McGann has officially Mm -hmm. played the Doctor. Um... Richard E. Grant played the Doctor in a comic relief sketch called The Curse of the Fatal Death Right, okay. um, many years ago mm-hmm. where there were several incarnations of the Doctor including some female incarnations so you hey. know, it's been done before isn't yeah. it? it's nothing new <laughs> this thing is nothing new Footnote this 1999 charity sketch was written by future showrunner Stephen Moffat and starred Richard E. Grant Jim Broadbent Rowan Atkinson, Hugh Grant, and Joanna Lumley as the Doctors, and was executive produced by, drumroll please, Richard Curtis. And also in an animated story, there was a a spell during the hiatus when there was no Doctor Who, when some of the old stories that were maybe unfinished, Mm -hmm. or ones where the footage had been lost, Right. but were, they didn't actually, were well, they basically taped just over taped things, over yes, because yes, they didn't have any, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, there was a spell where there were a couple of animated Doctor Who's mm-hmm. made, um, and he was in one called Scream of the Shalker. Right. So, so both uh, Withnail and indeed I have played the Doctor. Excellent, yeah, I like a widdly, widdly of Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we do next? Maybe our favourite scenes.
1: Oh yeah, favourite scene for me—the f- literally the first one that just sprung to mind was the bull
0: in the field. <laughs> yes, with the
1: bull. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because I love how with Neil just like legs, it jumps over the wall and goes absolute coward.
0: Have yeah. at it. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also, like the just the throwing the throwing the groceries in the air, mm-hmm. <laughs> just lobbing them and then running exactly. at the ball. Ah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> seems to work. Seems well, to work. You know, I feel like I mean, I might not have groceries to hand at the time, but if I'm ever in that position where I'm in a field with a ball, I I would certainly try running and screaming loudly at it and see if it works. Definitely. You know. Yeah. If I'm not feeling able to run away.
0: Well, I was going to say, if I was with you, I would just run away. Jump over a wall. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Winnell. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. What about yours? What's your favourite?
0: Oh, There's you so one? many. I, I know. There are so many. Yeah. Um, I, I just love, I mean, this, this really comes under favourite lines, but just are you the farmer? just makes me laugh out loud every time but just that whole scene where they're running out of the farmhouse with the um with the with the impromptu made wellies oh no um and that whole conversation i just love it Mm -hmm. and i actually even though it's not funny Mm -hmm. um i think probably one of my favorite scenes is, is the hamlet um, quote at the end yeah it's I, just, just so good, and I had to google has Richard D. E. Grant ever played Hamlet mm-hmm. and not only has he not played Hamlet i don't I can't actually find any recollection of him being in any Shakespeare act all well, certainly televised, which okay. is remarkable really it is um but he just delivers it so well
1: yeah and
0: it's just it's so tragic because he's actually good mm-hmm He's actually good. It's the bit where you're like, why are you wasting your life? Why are you wasting your life? Yeah. You know, he's actually... Because you do think, well, he must be terrible. He must be a terrible actor. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously got an incredible drink problem. And mm-hmm. that's why he's not getting hired. But you just see this glimpse of him. Yeah. Wow.
1: It's like the loss of his best friend even though he wouldn't call him that it's like the loss of his best friend like snaps him into like this lucid moment exactly yeah (laughs) and he just like nails this bit of hamlet and then you know he just wanders back off into the rain and he's probably just going to be a little lost soul again yeah and just carry on as he was
0: absolutely yeah sad i was gonna yeah i was gonna do this on could it start a franchise do we need a prequel or sequel but it, kind of, it seems fitting to, to put it in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that originally it was supposed to be a novel. Oh, right. I don't okay. think it was ever published as a novel, mm-hmm. but originally Bruce Robinson wrote it as a novel. Right. And in the novel, uh, Withnell goes home and commits suicide.
1: Oh, oh, right, okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that would be... Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that in the film. Definitely. Because, yeah. So that uh, would make that a bit even sadder. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah.
1: Well, if they make a stage version of it, then I hope they keep it more film-ending. Than...
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. we don't yeah. We don't need that. Oh, bit. goodness, no. no absolutely not. This is it. I think it's just tragic enough. Uh-huh. Just the fact that, you know, he's thrown his life away. Yeah. But maybe he'll turn it around. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But, yeah, I think that's, that's one of my... Even though, like I say, it's not a funny bit, mm-hmm. but I just uh, I love it. I love... Well, we both love Shakespeare anyway, and I love mm-hmm. Hamlet in particular, so, yeah, I just love that bit. Yeah. gives me goosebumps. It's a good scene. Apparently, the Radio 4 film programme, which, right, I'm just going to do a little aside here. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry, but I did not even know it existed. And apparently, it is at risk. Right. This programme is, is being axed. Oh, no. Apparently. Um, so we need to get behind it. I did not okay. even know it existed. And I listened to some of the podcasts recently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you know, if you want a, if you want a new third favourite podcast to listen to, <laughs> then, um, you know, I suggest you, you check it out. Um, but uh, listeners to the Radio Four film program voted the foam box scene the best foam box scene oh. in cinema history. Okay. Which I find surprising, but you know, yeah. um, yes. it's not my favourite scene in the film. Even I wouldn't have thought. No, but, really. Um, you know. So I, I mean, just it's wondered... entertaining watching it from like
1: modern perspective now, where you just you're laugh at the fact that you have to keep putting the money exactly, in, yeah. and you yeah. get
0: cut off when you runs out. That's hilarious. But yeah, but yeah, apparently there you go. So I just wondered if you had any favourite uh, phone box scenes. Favorite scene?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Matrix, which I guess is probably oh, like wow. a glaringly obvious one, but well, not one I thought of, so not as glaringly obvious <laughs> as you'd
0: expect. <laughs>
1: well, um, yeah, I just I mean I just think it's great in the Matrix how they yeah. use the phone boxes as like a an out yeah. of the Matrix, and my favourite one in particular is like the opening scene with Trinity Amazing. where she like nearly gets squidged by a truck. Yeah. Um, and because, because it's, like see wolf, it. exactly, it's
0: like it. exactly yeah yeah it's a bit what terrifying
1: yeah and you're like wow that was cool that was definitely a good so yeah, yeah that wins that. that wins for me
0: that's a good one yeah uh, i mean yeah all of bill and ted yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> every bit of bill and ted <laughs> all of them um the one that came to mind when they were talking about this on the uh, on the film program was which i thought might have rated more highly was and i know you still haven't seen this and it has to go on the list but uh, American wolf in London there's mm-hmm. a very good london phone box okay seen in that which is quite sad um, because our protagonist is saying, essentially saying his goodbyes oh. to his family because he kind of can see what's what's ahead of him oh dear. kind of thing and that's quite sad and i know that that scene is quite well loved and i thought that mm-hmm. might come up but um, but this one this one apparently is the, the favorite okay so there you go
1: Ooh.
0: um We've done favourite scenes. I mean, well, I've got favorite. a kind of crossover for favourite scene and favourite lines. Oh, as that's well. what, yes, yeah, because it's all kind of the same thing, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. I was going,
1: where do I put this? Exactly. Yeah. Um But the kitchen at the start of the film. <laughs> the kitchen at the start of the film. The scene <laughs> is brilliant, brilliant, but I was just kind of settling into the film at this yes. point and trying yeah. to figure out what it's what going the to be tone like of and it stuff. Is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think. I think this bit was just, just brilliant. <laughs> They're having an argument about like the state of the flat and yes. how disgusting it is and like Marwood's having a go at with Nil for not like cleaning Clean. up and doing the dishes and with Nil says, right you forker, I'm going to do the washing up <laughs> really angry.
0: You can't. Yeah, Marwood's <laughs> <It's>... reaction.
1: <laughs> so I've got it here no, no you can't it's, it's impossible. impossible, I, I swear I it I've looked into it I've looked into I it I, 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 listen to me, listen to me and he's absolutely desperate and yes. pleading at this point there are things in there there's a tea bag growing <laughs> <laughs> it's like you haven't slept in sixty hours. You're in no state to tackle it. Wait till the morning. We'll go in together. And with Neil says, "This it is
0: the morning." morning. And then stand aside. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Oh I think I've looked into it. In the, it's the best yeah. bit of that. Yeah. I've it's into impossible. It. I swear, I've
1: looked oh. into it. <laughs> but then there's a bit later, like from that comes the bit where yeah. where Marwood sticks his hand in the sink and pulls something out and but goes, "What is it, matter?" <laughs> oh it's so disgusting it's so well written funnily enough that scene is also my fast forward scene because of how disgusting it the is scene it is quite goes. disgusting yeah. yeah
0: definitely apparently um, the way that he delivered the line fork it and we're not even mm-hmm. we're not even cleaning up that that line that is the actual yeah. line yes the way that he delivered that was what got him the part oh
1: apparently. right yeah oh because yeah, yeah he, he knew exactly how everyone. it was going
0: to sound in his mm-hmm. head and, and apparently Richard E. Grant just nailed it <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I do love that Yeah, bit for the yeah. I, I have evening. got that. Wait till the morning. This is the morning. I've got that <laughs> in there. Um, I mean, I like uh, I feel dreadful. So do I. So does everybody. I just think that's so existential, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's great. Because, the, the, you know, the, uh, most of the favourite lines are funny lines, but some yeah. of them are just like yeah, just really kind of well-observed.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love We've Gone on Holiday by Mistake as well. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he looks genuinely distraught about it too. <laughs> we've Gone on Holiday by
0: Mistake. <laughs> Are you the farmer? Stop saying that. <laughs> I like just the um, the fact that um, Withnil keeps referring to the hills of the lake as... as Mountains and <laughs> occasionally volcanoes yeah <laughs> he's never been out of London uh, yeah I was just gonna say if you've never seen are. a hill before exactly you can understand yeah. the terror definitely um I also like these are the kind of windows faces looking at which is um when we're when yeah. in Monty's cottage because uh-huh. that just makes me think of zombie windows mm-hmm. yeah because we always say if you in a film if you ever see you know, just full length floor to ceiling windows yeah uh, looking out. You know that so- at some point something in the film, something's creep. going to be looking into that house from yeah. outside. Sometimes a zombie. Okay, be something else. <laughs> um, this is where my fear of closing the curtains when it's gone dark at I home. No, that's it. Always closing. Always the curtains, closing before yeah. it goes yeah, dark. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, I like um, when they're driving up to uh, to Monty's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we there? No, we're here. <laughs> makes perfect sense yeah smart and um, again something that it's not funny but um, when Monty says to uh, uh, to Withnail you don't deserve such loyalty Mm
1: -hmm. of
0: Marwood it's just yeah yeah. why does he stay with him like you say as we said before he's a coward he's an absolute coward yeah he throws Marwood under the bus at least twice um, yeah the first time when they're in the pub and he pretends <laughs> to have nothing whatsoever to do with him because they're being threatened Well, bless him.
1: It. He does try and stand up to him at first. He does, he, oh, It right. gets a bit like... For like, I'm for my friend. Yes. And then his spine suddenly goes to jelly. Yes.
0: And yeah. he, st- he, he changes from calling him his friend to his, his associate <laughs> or so his acquaintance. Yeah. And then, yes, he abandons him in a field with a bull. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he and a then colleague. he sells him out to his uncle as well. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah for a free weekend mm-hmm. in the country and alcohol uh, and and booze. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, he was a terrible, terrible, terrible friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he doesn't deserve his loyalty.
1: Not really. No, no,
0: not really. And in the end, obviously, spoiler alert, uh, he moves on, doesn't he, he? Does gets himself together and moves on. mm-hmm yeah, I mean, obviously there's all the favourite lines that everyone always quotes I demand to have some booze
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to try that one me. You know, like quotes we can use in real life
0: Oh my I'm fairly certain yeah. the next time I'm out
1: socialising that line is going to come up Definitely I demand to
0: have some booze Yes <laughs> I demand the finest wines available to humanity I want them here and I want them now yeah. There's just not a scene, I don't think, without a, a memorable wine
1: mm-hmm. Oh, it did make me chuckle watching it Because I hadn't... <laughs> I hadn't heard anyone shout scrubbers at anybody <laughs> since I was in school. <laughs> so that really made me belly laugh. I was like, oh my goodness. I haven't heard that for so long.
0: <laughs> did, did the shouting... Was this after the film had come out, presumably? this was. I'm assuming yeah. so, yeah.
1: It's got to be, hasn't a, it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Referential yeah. shouting, mm-hmm. yeah. not just
1: random. But um, I think... Richard E. Grant said that he was on holiday in the south of France with some friends. <laughs> Someone drove past <laughs> and shouted "scrubbers." Well, why would you not at him? And then he had to explain to his friends who hadn't seen the film, right, that yeah. it was hopefully like a sort of out of love
0: yes. for the film that yes. they were being not shouted a, at, not, not, an not just
1: an insult. Yeah.
0: yeah, that that would make sense. <laughs> uh, is there any running? We've just come back from park run. Oh, yes, we, we have. have. We have. Yeah. Running is very much back on the agenda. Mm hmm. I've put the, the there's um, there's running at the beginning from the uh, homophobic Scottish dude in the pub. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, yeah, they've both got good legs on them. they get out of that pub pretty
1: sharpish. They certainly do, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And quite right.
0: Mm hmm, yeah.
1: Ma would have been to run away from Monty a few times. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
0: Hopping over the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as we said before, they they run to find the farmer in the yeah. the wellies. Yeah. I think that's the only bit of running that I have. Yeah. Certainly I don't know. However, there is a lot of good food. <gasps> so much food. Yeah.
1: Yeah. and it does distress me how they turn up at the sort of cottage with no food. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me for their characters, but I'm like the first thing you want when you get somewhere on your holidays is like a cup of tea and some biscuits at least. or you something, you want a little like settling in snack while you scope your room out and what? Well, well, maybe you do. that's just me. <laughs> no, no, you do. I'm
0: just thinking at this uh, from the perspective of a former student. Uh, I just remember when we all went to Glastonbury, mm-hmm. um, we probably took the same mm-hmm. amount of supplies as um, with <laughs> Neil and um, and Marwood, i.e lots of booze uh-huh. um, and and probably not much food. Uh, so we we job of being looked after by people who know camping. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is a bit distressing that. Yeah, it's a bit worrying. Yeah. But again, they've not been out of the capital by the sounds of it, mm-hmm. you know, so they maybe don't understand that you can't just nip to the local shop. Yeah, there's no takeaways around the corner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah this is in the days before delivering. <laughs> I do love it that would just,
1: like, treks across to the nearest farm and knocks on the door and says, yeah. Can I buy some food from you? Can <laughs> I buy some eggs? And it's just, like, I love the cranky old lady. She's just, yes. like, go away. <laughs> As Exactly. Is, <laughs> it's just, like, hilarious because it's just, you could imagine that two sort of clueless, insulated actors that have never really had to fend for themselves, like, yeah. outside of their little flat in Camden, would just expect that they can just walk up to someone's house and say, "Can I buy some food for me, please?" <laughs>
0: because presumably all they've learned all they know about the country they've uh-huh. learned from reading books, yeah, or watching the odd film oh exactly, yeah, yeah, so uh, the first bit of good food is that fried egg butty in the cafe mm-hmm. when Mao was having his little existential breakdown.
1: yeah, I mean, oh, it you know, nothing wrong with an egg butty, but it's not a, it's not appetizing to look at, I don't think
0: uh i don't know i I could eat a fried egg butty right now to be quite honest oh, okay that is. yeah that is. yeah um on on, on white bread Pop versus, good yeah. yeah definitely mm. yeah um i love the coffee that he's drinking from the cereal bowl because mm-hmm. there's nothing else in the house <laughs> it's
1: clean
0: well at they've got a cereal bowl <laughs> <True>. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true i mean i've put this under is there any good food but i could have put it under um uh, is it, is it far fetched or, or nitpicks? Okay. Big question. Okay. Where does Marwood hide the saveloy when he's in the bath? And that's not a euphemism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, so he has a saveloy when he's in the bath. Yes. He gets out of the bath wrapped in a towel. Yes. And then presents a saveloy
1: to, to Danny
0: the dealer. Where's the saveloy? Do I you? don't want to think too much I'm about it. I'm not that. sure
1: I want to think too much about no. it.
0: So well, you one, though, at least he's just at the bath. True. Yes. True. Yeah. You'd expect it to at so least so have rusty. soapy water on it. Yeah. If uh, yeah, if nothing worse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of the chips. Some of the chips fall into the bath water and stuff. Oh, oh. Ah. waste
0: of good chips. Right there, I know. So. Yeah, don't waste your chips. Uh, we've already discussed Monty's vegetables. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when um, when Richard Griffiths passed away. Uh, Richard E. Grant sent uh, a wreath of vegetables to the Aww, funeral. That's so cute. She's very sweet. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. Yeah, at least the uh, the food improves as the film goes on. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most notably mm-hmm. when Monty turns up at the uh, at the at the what is it cottage at the cottage yes. farmhouse cottage yes, farmhouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. Even as a vegetarian, and to be fair, especially as a vegetarian, yeah. I approve of the roast chicken. mm-hmm because I think everyone that eats meat should be made at least once in their life to have to strangle a chicken. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. But I just love how they prop the poor thing up in the, in the oven.
1: <laughs> Most of it's feathers still attached. I know. Yeah, they've, had, they've,
0: they've made a good attempt at it. I mean, is it far-fetched? Yeah, they'd probably both have had salmonella mm. uh, or gastroenteritis <laughs> at, at some point in the both next uh, 12 hours yeah, yeah. after eating that chicken. Ew. Um, and I, I think possibly my favourite food is with Nell's breakfast in the car when he's on his way home. When he, when he demands that he, he has a, a couple of hours to finish his breakfast. Oh, and man yes. just puts him in the car and he's eating <laughs> breakfast on his knee with his, uh, with his bottle of wine. <laughs> That's a good breakfast. It's a very good breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. lots of good food.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, okay, so nitpick for me on mm-hmm. food related is when they're in the countryside and they are in the pub and they see the guy with the eels.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Played by Michael Elphick. Oh,
1: huh? yeah. Yep. Um, wh- Where's he got the eels from? I, 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 I mean, eels yeah. common to Penrith?
0: <laughs> or I don't know. Vicino- I don't know. Once more, I feel a footnote coming on. Yeah, I was thinking... Do they live in freshwater? Because- well, yeah, there are they freshwater in- eels, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, eels are big in London, Yeah. so do they come out of the Thames in London? Oh, I don't
1: know. I Is mean, it... I never want to end up in the Thames, but, you know, now I'd be even more worried if I thought that there were eels in there, because, I don't know, they're just, they're like creepy like spiders to me.
0: They've eels. possibly got more to fear from you than the other way around. I'm sure they do. You know, spiders do too, but I'm still
1: terrified them. of them. <laughs>
0: true, yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not sure about that. Pheasants, um, yeah, I'll go with. Eels, not sure. Yeah, I don't get that. Well, I'll investigate. Okay. Footnote. Although many eels breed in the Sargasso Sea, they grow and develop in freshwater habitats, including the Cumbrian lakes. A Metro article in 2006 suggested there may even be populations of giant eels of up to six foot in length living in the Lake District. I'm not sure this fact will help with Betty's eel phobia. let's go on to is it a bit far-fetched um while we're at it we, we spoke about the bull scene mm-hmm. so what i'd like to know is <clears throat> how did they make it through that field without disturbing the bull and then suddenly it appears and it it's appears Yeah, ready to attack them. i know i'm nitpicking you know it's otherwise a good scene mm-hmm. but you know we've all I'm, I'm assuming been in a field with cows at mm-hmm. some point it's yeah. kind of terrifying because those things are big yeah and yeah, I'm perfect. sure they probably kill more people than crocodiles every year, or something, especially yeah. <laughs> in this country. <laughs> um, yeah, they're terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to make it through a field with a bull no. without it you know, attracting its attention. I mm-hmm. always thought. I was out on a walk the other day, and there was a field full of cows. Yeah. And we were just walking up to it, and
1: I was like really, like quite far away. Yeah. But as I walked up to him, loads of them just like stood up, staring at us. They as do they were walking with you and with I was their just eyes.
0: like Yeah. Hi,
1: I'm like a bit that nervous. Seems like real. I'm very glad there's a gate and a wall between us because you guys don't look too happy that yeah. I'm here. Yeah, you know. Don't mind us. Yeah, it was a bit like children of the call.
0: They really are. <laughs> yeah, those things are scary. They're big and they're scary. Yeah, they are yeah. very big and scary. Yeah, and that's just the that's just that's the just ladies. The <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. not sure how they made it through that uh, that field. Mm-hmm. Um, for the record, um, as a pharmacist, as previously mentioned. Uh, Phenodihydrochloride benzilex does not exist. No, it, it sounds is, impressive. It does. Apart from the benzylex bit of it, I was convinced it might have been a real drug. Benzit. Nothing ends with benzylex. No. But um, yeah, it that doesn't exist. And in current prices, that two pound it would it would cost approximately twenty eight pounds forty two. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to hold my hands up. Um, I have literally no idea how much drugs, uh, street <laughs> no. drugs cost. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that is expensive. But
1: for something expensive. that sounds that like fancy and specialised and supposedly, like, blows yeah. your mind, you'd think it'd be more
0: than £28. You would, actually. Yeah, yeah. But for, I suppose for Withnail, who has no money, mm-hmm. um, I suppose it is quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, any far-fetched uh, parts or nitpicks? Um... I feel I feel
1: like as entertaining as it is, the scene where Wignails are arrested for drunk driving <laughs> and he's like doing the, the urine the sample urine, yes, in the yes. police station, I feel like that would have been caught a lot earlier yes. than you know, when he's kind of midstream. Yeah. That trick with the fairy liquid bottle and the pipe. Also, yeah, I feel like it was a bit
0: far fetched, but obviously it's there for comedy. Probably. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um the, the the other thing to note with that is um, where where has he got that urine from? Because there's no at no yeah, point do they stop and kidnap a child, which I'm very very glad about. It. <laughs> That's why I discussed it in the first yeah. Um Yeah. So unless he's got it from Uncle Monty, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. Um, what, like how would you from?
1: ask Uncle Monty for his wee?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I they, they, they've done enough to him, frankly, yeah. uh, over the course of the, uh, of the film. So, yeah, not quite sure about that, but, it, you know, it's, it's a funny scene.
1: I wonder if he just assumed he was going to get caught either way, but he just wanted to see if he could get away with that trick.
0: Possibly. So maybe he just
1: filled it up himself. He's, oh,
0: yes, yeah.
1: And he was like, yeah,
0: that's fine. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. I feel that could have been lost, because yeah. it doesn't make any sense, that mm-hmm. little bit, does it? No, not really. Uh, incidentally, the um, the get in the back of the van. I can't even do it. The get in the back of the van <laughs> line. That's another person who was cast yeah. based purely on this is how I know this is how that line sounds. Yeah. And the first person that can nail that, they're getting the they're part. getting that job. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, pressure's on then to like. Make sure you deliver on the day, though. Definitely. Yeah. Don't change a thing. Absolutely. I mean, you can over-practice things, can't you? I know. I think that would induce anxiety in me. I'd be like, but how did I do it? And what did I do before? And then, like...
0: What is my motivation? Yeah. Yeah. I need him to get in the back
1: of the van. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very angry. I'm very angry at him.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm already nervous. <laughs> I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. Footnote. Fans of 80's American sitcoms may remember that this was an entire subplot in an episode of Seinfeld where Kramer gets a bit part in a Woody Allen film. His only line is, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Or is it, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Or maybe, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Or, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Uh, do we have any fast-forward or check your social media? Like, uh, like I
1: said, for me, it was just the, um, it was the kitchen bit because it's so disgusting. <laughs> so Especially funny. when he pulls the matter out of the matter. thing. I'm like... Ugh. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I can fast-forward that bit next yeah. time, but then I wouldn't because it's, it's just the, the dialogue. Yeah, dialogue's so dialogue, funny. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. I, f- I feel... Right, so here's the thing. I think it depends when you watch it, as in in your life, mm-hmm. and what what stage it is. The first time I saw the pen with Tea Rooms, uh, bit. I thought it was hilarious. Subsequently, as as a slightly older, more mature adult, it makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, they are just being thugs at that point, really, yeah. aren't they? They've basically yeah. stole Uncle Monty's money yeah. to spend on booze and then they're just being, they're just being annoying. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is to do with my age, but I do start to, you know, I mean, they're very prim and they're very posh and, you know, I know that we're supposed to, as viewers, think that it's the people who run the tea rooms who are being unreasonable. Yeah. But really,
1: no, they're, they're just absolutely being, not. They're and being they, horrible. They
0: just don't want a couple of drunks mm-hmm. in the in their tea rooms. Yeah. Um, and I find that a little, even though it's it's it is funny. Yeah. And it, obviously, it brings us one of the most quotable lines from the film. Yeah. It makes me cringe a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's not nice. No, because no, if you not. were in, if you were in there, you'd be just like, look <sighs> at these muppets. Yeah, get yeah. out. You would. Yeah, definitely. And you wouldn't stand for it. No, you, it, you have just reminded me of another nitpick as well. Um, but it's not. I just I just find it. Fu- it's funny, but not ha ha. It's just funny. Like, why did he write it that way? I'm yeah. assuming that Bruce Robinson know somebody that would order drinks this way but a pair of pints, pair of pints. a pair of quadruple whiskies yes. a pair of gins a pair of pints it's yes. like who says a no pair no one says
0: that two two whiskies yeah. <coughs>
1: two sorry it's whiskies. a park run tickle post park run tickle, that's <laughs> okay it's, going, it's not
0: not the run <coughs> that's no fine. it's the you know when you get the hurt Absolutely. when you've been running Yes, definitely. It's that.
1: It's not. It's yeah. not the other thing.
0: No, I, I, I have lateral flow tested this yes. morning. <laughs> yeah, I am <laughs> completely without corona. <laughs> um, the, the, the disease and indeed the beer. Okay. I, yeah, I have neither of them. <laughs> um, I mean, again, I find the, the the Monty scene, the Uncle Monty scene a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I suppose it's supposed to be because it's essentially mm-hmm. attempted rape. <laughs>
1: You're not supposed to Yeah, when he
0: says, even if I have to burn you for it, it's fine. like, no! Yeah, no, please, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. no okay. um, so yeah, we're supposed to feel a bit uncomfortable, I think, at that yeah. point. I think the most uncomfortable thing about that scene is Monty's eyeshadow.
1: Um, oh Yeah,
0: it's so weird. Here's the thing, though. Um, the guy who did the makeup on this film is a guy called Peter Frampton. Mm -hmm. Um, not the musician from the 60s and 70s I did double check to make sure he wasn't the same person Um, he won the Oscar for makeup for Braveheart oh wow well, yeah, it improved by then. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> but I don't know if he's deliberately. Yeah. Obviously, it's supposed to make him look a bit like Lovey and maniacal.
0: Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. And right I at the beginning know. of the film, were both with Nail and Mao. Would have got the red eyes. You yeah. Know, they look dreadful.
1: Super dark. Circles, don't they? Circles, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I suppose his makeup is very good. Yes. In that it has the desired effect, mm-hmm. but it's also terrible. Yeah. Which is presumably the the, the desired effect yeah. yeah um in that in that scene mhm um can i just so th-
1: this might come under other business but i just i need to get it out before i forget about go it go for it go for it so when i was much 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 younger and probably way too young to be watching the film anyway mm-hmm. i watched a film about a guy who had a boil on his neck right and it grew bigger and bigger and gained right. a personality of its own. Yes. And eventually, the boil became a second head on this yes. person. And they were having an operation to remove it, but the boil sort of convinced people that yeah. he was the original head. And so the man's actual head got chopped off. Right.
0: Surgically yeah, removed. Yeah,
1: with you. Um. Now, I've asked people about this film sporadically over the years yeah. and, and said, like did you ever see it? have you ever come across a film like this like sort of going what on earth Yeah. and I started to think do you know what I've maybe made it I've up. just had a bad dream when yeah. I was a kid and I've made this up and it uh-huh. doesn't exist I am so glad that we've done with Neil and I because my research took me to the film yes. so I know that I've not just made it up now it's how to get ahead in advertising and Excellent. it's Richard E. Grant it is Richard E. Grant
0: so yeah, yeah
1: freaky divvy oh, film oh well done freaky deaky film yeah like so weird i don't want to watch it again because it's kind of gross as well yeah but um i'm so glad that
0: i found out that this film actually exists and definitely. i didn't just dream it so you don't have to write into that <laughs> other podcast um for, yeah. for the new wtf what's that film <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly um so oh, yeah well, i'm i'm very
1: pleased that you Excellent. chose this film for oh, us to well. watch because um yeah it's been bothering me for yeah years I don't mean years? It does sound like it's
0: a, <laughs> a deep impression, as it would yeah. watching it. At a, I would definitely attended. say if you
1: were going to pick um, one of the two films to watch, with Neil and I was Nightmare's the better one? <laughs> yes,
0: slightly <laughs> less, uh, less Yes, <laughs> slightly less nightmare-inducing. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs> uh, well, we're on other films. Um, I didn't pick up many other film references. In this, it's probably a film that has influenced other films. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only this is quite topical actually, because when Whithnell is talking at the beginning about, he makes a a, an, a reference to it. he's read the paper mm-hmm. and um, there's a, a young actor that's been hired by an Italian director and he you know comments on why potentially he may oh, have been hired yes. and not necessarily being due to his um, acting prowess. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually referring to. Uh, Beyond Andresen right, in Death okay. in Venice, because that was filmed about the same time right. as the film is set. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I presume that's who he's referring to. Oh, okay. And there's currently a documentary that's uh, available in cinemas called The Most Beautiful Boy in the World, right, which you may have heard they? about. And that is a documentary about Bjorn. Okay. Um, Interesting. And the fact that after he was in Death in Venice. Mm-hmm the company basically owned him they owned oh, his right. image so they put his image on all kinds of things they sold his image everywhere apparently oh, there right. was even like a dress-up doll you know you used to be able to get figures that you would cut out of your magazines uh-huh. and you would fit little paper you know um clothes on them yeah maybe this is a little before your time. you know <laughs> We used to play with cardboard Aww. when I was little, you know. Um, but this guy was everywhere. They literally owned him wow. um, for, for years. <laughs> and this documentary is about how that experience changed him mm-hmm. um, and defined him. Wow. Um, so Sounds like Subway that's Community. Quite, <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, so I thought that was quite interesting because oh. I would never oh. even have picked up that reference mm-hmm. if it wasn't that I'd heard about this documentary it's yeah, about it at the, the moment. moment. Um, and, yeah, I think Death in Venice was 19... 19- Was it 1970? I don't know. I did do some research, but I've not written it down anywhere. So it would have been around about the time that this film was uh, Mm -hmm. set. So I think that is a little oblique reference, but they probably didn't want to specifically say who it was for fear of being sued. Yeah. (laughs) I'm guessing, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, But I think that's probably who they are Mm -hmm. referring to. That's about the only film reference that I could pick up in there anyway. Can you watch it with your mum? No. I wouldn't (laughs) have thought so. No, I don't think so. The first time I was she-watching it, I think I actually uh, WhatsApped you and said, I'm not sure we can do this for you. (laughs) 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 I'm not sure we can repeat any of the lines. uh, There are many We're doing pretty good at um, dodging the lines. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't think... uh, My mother would certainly not approve of the language. Yeah, I think my mum would um, be a bit shocked at some of the (laughs) the words
1: used. Definitely. But more than anything, I think she would just watch the first 10 minutes and go, I don't think you watch movie. some weird stuff, which is what <laughs> yes. she does say quite often to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, I don't, I'm not sure it's a mum film. I don't think it is, and I don't think it's a mo movie.
1: Mm-mm, no. I was
0: struggling. The only potential time that you could have had two women speaking to each other is in the Penrith tea rooms. Mm-hmm. But I think even then. But there's there are, no real lines like no, prominent lines. Or there's anything. not. The kind of like extras that you would assume were chatting. Exactly. Beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sadly, not a movie <laughs> that Mo can watch. Um, soundtrack. It's got a good soundtrack. It's got a built-in soundtrack, yeah. Um, I believe because
1: um, Jimi Hendrix is used a couple of times in it uh-huh. with Watchtower and Voodoo Child. Yes. But I believe it prompted Jimi Hendrix's family. <laughs>
0: I can't think why. <laughs> to take control
1: <laughs> over like what what sort of uh settings his songs are used in because yeah. they were like why are all his songs being associated with drug use <laughs> so
0: again i can't, I can't, I can't why. imagine why yeah um
1: so yeah i think that's that prompted them to take a bit more control over his estate
0: yeah <laughs> i'm glad that happened after this film was made yeah because otherwise brilliant. they'd have had to have picked something else and i don't think it would have mm-hmm. fitted yeah quite as well good tunes definitely good tunes yeah uh, opens with a whiter shade of pale, mm-hmm. and then um, the one that always makes me think of one of our former colleagues, uh, Julie. Um, While my guitar gently weeps, <laughs> George Harrison just getting a little bit of yeah. P.R.S. in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, one of her favourite songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is.
1: The original music was done by David Dundas and Rick Wentworth. Right. Um, and just on a little scan at them, they've they've been involved as sound credits yes. and uh, composers as well for mm-hmm. like. A lot of like big budget films and things since um, especially Rick Wentworth so yeah um, and I, I think like the um, sort of original music in it like it suits the scenes there's nothing like that you can sort of sing back now thinking about no. it but it just suits the scenes at that moment it does. and it's like unimposing yeah so
0: yeah Good, yeah. good music I think sadly sometimes if you don't notice the soundtrack that can sometimes mean that it's good
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I can think of things that I've watched recently where the soundtrack has been completely wrong for the scene and uh-huh. it's, it's distracting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. you know so I think yeah it sounds like damning with faint praise but if you don't really notice that music it's yeah. sometimes a, a good thing mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of you know good background yeah definitely mixed up with the kind of jukebox soundtrack so mm-hmm. yeah it's good um, has it dated? Now this is always tricky when you do something that's almost like a period piece. Yeah. Well, I think
1: um, from the sort of Uncle Monty perspective, I'd like to think it's dated that people yeah. have more respect for people's boundaries and yes. things. You know, like um, what with Nell did to Marwood, setting him up with his uncle without him realising and stuff, <laughs> completely
0: like, out of order.
1: Most people wouldn't do that now. Yeah. You know, um, most people probably wouldn't do that then. But true. Um, you know, it's less acceptable.
0: I think it's remarkable, really, that you, you still have any fondness whatsoever for Withnail at the end of the film. I know. Um, when you actually break down, what a terrible, reprehensible person he is. Yeah. And I think that's again why I like that soliloquy at the end because it's just like, oh, he's not so bad. Yeah,
1: it makes no, you suddenly sympathize that he really is just the person that he's hurting the most yeah. is himself. Exactly, yeah. yeah. As much as he like, you
0: know, causes
1: havoc for other people,
0: he really is just damaging himself. He really is, yeah. Um, I noticed that obviously the news of the world still exists um, in, <laughs> this, in this in world, with the kind of journalism that we came to expect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> new door per secret life. Um, I think the only thing that dates it in that respect is the transgender article. Mm -hmm. Because Mao was kind of reading the transgender article and going, like, what world do we live in, kind of thing. Whereas now that's very much... That wouldn't be the thing that would shock you yeah no. the nude door, per secret life, like yeah this isn't proper journalism uh-uh. but that main article that he's looking at that's the kind of thing that to be fair we see quite a lot yeah. <laughs> and, and
1: and it's like get no over one, it <laughs> no one kind of bats an
0: eyelid out. Yeah. so I think that's dated it a little bit
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the thing that tickled me was neat gin does anyone do neat oh. gin anymore Um. I mean it's always well, overpriced know. in enormous yeah. glasses with lots of fruit
1: yeah well I went to a gin tasting a couple of years ago okay. and we did have some neat gin then right um which yeah it was it was strong stuff yeah but um it was quite pleasant to drink i would imagine just gordon's gin or other brands are available yes um you know just that neat maybe probably, not. probably hard to swallow yeah
0: yeah unless yeah, you're an alcoholic yeah. like they are <laughs> yes yeah i mean yeah apart from a tasting i mm-hmm. suppose yeah i'm not sure anyone does yeah. that anymore no not really. like you said other than uh alcoholics <laughs> um Oh, time in the middle of the day. Do you remember when pubs used (laughs) to shut? I know
1: it's bizarre. It It really is. It kind of shocked me, like into going. Oh, uh, yeah. This is an old film.
0: Yeah. Because pubs don't really
1: surprise (laughs) me. And then they shut, and then they open again. Yeah. Gone Uh are those days. Yeah. Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) I remember those days, but um, but wow, it does shock you. Mm -hmm. And then the telegrams. I mean, I just want to clarify: I was not alive in nineteen (laughs) sixty-nine. But there was still a point. Um, I think probably in both our minds when there wasn't there was a time. I, I received shooting, a I? telegram once.
1: No way. I did. It was really nice, actually.
0: Wow! I didn't even know you could still send a telegram. I, well, I didn't
1: either. But um, yeah, so um, you know, about twenty years ago when there was a war going on in the yeah east, um, we were it was a big thing to send a lot of parcels out at christmas time to like the soldiers out there you know with some nice essentials and little treats and things like that in so i sent a couple of parcels out yeah and um and one of the soldiers telegrammed me thank you like sent me a letter saying like you know oh this is where i'm at and i've been out here for so long and thank you so much for this it really means a lot and, that's and all this sort of stuff but it came by telegram wow i was like i actually thought i was in trouble when i received it <laughs> <laughs> so i was like why would i be getting a telegram what have i
0: done <laughs> it was some kind of summons yeah <laughs> i was like what have i done oh that's so but, um, interesting yeah got a telegram i wonder if you still can, can.
1: I bet you can, you know. I mean, I bet it costs a fortune if you're not a soldier and you want to send
0: a telegram. It's probably cheaper than a first-class stamp. Further research needed. Footnote. It currently costs £59.40 to send a same-day telegram to someone in the UK. They must have really wanted Marwood for that part. Um, Other things that have dated. We're coming out of... um, Having to think about if it's COVID safe, thankfully, mm-hmm. we hope. But um, I did think that some of the some of the bits of the film are um, COVID safe. Mm-hmm. So they're having a staycation, yeah. Um, in in the household bubble, respect completely allowed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the point where we're with Nils shares a cigarette with Jake the poacher, yeah. just makes you cringe, doesn't it? Does it? Oh my yeah. word! You just put something in your mouth <laughs> that someone else has had in their mouth. Oh my word! Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, coming home to find like strange. Well, Danny the Dealer and the stranger <laughs> in, in your in bed. Head, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. In your yeah. flat, so it's not
1: really COVID safe.
0: It's not COVID safe. No, no. I do like the the um, again favorite lines and can you use them in real life? I think over the last uh, eighteen months, you could probably have used the line. I think we've been in here too long. I feel unusual. I think we should go outside. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we could definitely use that. Absolutely, <laughs> we've all been there. Uh huh. <laughs> Um, Could it start a franchise? Do we need a prequel or sequel? Well, we've discussed that if we follow the the book, Mm -hmm. uh, no sequel necessary. No. um, Which is quite sad. You would like to know what happens next.
1: Yeah, maybe like a little short or something where they like catch up and actually they've both been successful. Like, you know, Wisniel's maybe got his act together and actually maybe not like made it big time but got... You know,
0: some work and sort of his head out it. That would be nice. You'd like to think that, wouldn't mm. you? Me and my happy endings. I know. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you want to know how they got together in the first place.
1: Hmm. They seem
0: quite mismatched.
1: You just kind of assume, like, drama school or something, I guess so. don't you? guess yeah. Maybe everyone else in the class had the act together and they just didn't something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't think either a prequel or a sequel. I don't think you could sustain an entire film. Mm-mm. But like you said, it'd really. be, be nice to have a little, little footnote. Yeah, that um, would be good. That'd be interesting. So uh, I did hear that prior to the pandemic, um, this was supposed to be uh, appearing as a stage play. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. quite That might be interesting. Yeah. So I started thinking about who might be in it. Okay. Well, the current thing is to do gender swaps and such, but I'm sticking. I, I'm I'm firmly sticking with our kind of demographic. Yeah, that I that, Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. Yeah, especially. I don't know whether the stage play will be a, will still be a period piece. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm assuming so, but who knows? Um, and I'm just going. I, I've just I've just fantasy casted uh, with nail and indeed I mm-hmm. um, with uh, Ace Butterfield as I. Oh yeah. yeah. You, you feeling that? Yeah. Because yeah. Paul McGann's got those eyes, mm-hmm. especially when he's when he's shaved, his, well not shaved his head, but when he's cut his hair, mm-hmm. his eyes really stand out. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think of Butterfield's got that same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, you know, going on. Yeah, um, I think he would be good. Um, with nail, I thought mm-hmm. a bit more about, and oh, I've struggled a bit, but I came up with Harry Lloyd, who I don't know if you know the name. I don't, I think, I don't think I do you know his face. Mm-hmm. I know him from, again, we're going back to Doctor Who, everything comes right <laughs> to Doctor Who. But he was in a couple of episodes of Doctor Who, uh, called Family of Blood, and I can't remember the other one, it was a two-parter. Okay. Um, and he was very good in that, he's been in several other things since. But look him up. Footnote. Harry Lloyd, of course, also played a Targaryen in season one of Game of Thrones, and Harry Percy in the BBC adaptation of Wolf Hall. He is an Oxford graduate and went to Eton, so Monty would definitely approve. Mhm. Um. I oh. think he would make a fab. Okay. Uh, with now, so I don't know if that's been written or cast or. Mm-hmm. You know, don't know where we're up to with that or if it's even happening. Yeah. Um. But that'd be really fab.
1: Yeah, that would be fab. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm with you on Ace of Butterfield definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was racking my brains thinking like, young actors like <laughs> who would I cast and I just. I, I didn't actually think of anyone as young as that I, yeah. even though i know they're the characters and yes. and they should be like that young but in my mind the only people i could really think of was for with Nail, i'd quite like to see tom hardy play it well we'd all like to see like tom he, hardy play everything everything and anything yeah. fine yeah but i just feel like he would actually be quite brilliant he would at be it good, because actually. he can be ludicrous
0: yeah and I he mean, can be a real lovey different. as well yeah yeah, um,
1: that's a good shout, actually. But then thinking sort of in a similar age bracket, then to sort of have the matched casting. Yeah. James McAvoy for and
0: I That's very good. Yeah. Because
1: I thought he'd be really. Yeah. I feel yeah. like he has a similar tone to Paul McGann. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought that would be quite good. Yeah. And then with them in mind, like obviously being a bit older, um, I thought about Monty and I thought Patrick Stewart, Michael Gambon, wow. or if he was still here wish he was alan rickman
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. because i feel be like amazing. all three
1: of those could pull off like yeah you know the uncle monty role
0: they i mean i, I have a
1: lot of fun doing it
0: i was i was thinking about uncle Monty, and the only person that sprung to mind
1: mm-hmm.
0: was matt lucas matt
1: lucas oh yeah
0: but i think he's more a kind of comic actor. Yeah. I think you need an, you need an actor. You do it a actor. bit straight. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. But I thought, in theory, he mm-hmm. would be great. Yeah. But no, I think, I think you're, yeah, I think you're right on any of those calls.
1: Yeah, I feel like Patrick Stewart is top of my list because Patrick Stewart would be
0: amazing because he was good in, in uh, like extras, that. wasn't it? He? Yeah, he's got that kind of. He is a
1: proper lovey darling. He's a proper
0: lo- yeah, and he's completely self aware. Yeah, totally understands the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd be brilliant. I know. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah,
1: um, I so what... me, I mentioned him earlier, but um, if it, if that were my casting for the stage, yes. Russell Brand as Danny the Dealer, excellent, because they just kind of oh, look oh, like man, each other, and Russell see Brand see would be like method acting at that point. I'm yeah. sure.
0: Yeah so yeah i absolutely need to see this stage when, <laughs> that, that we just cast yeah yeah let's do it let's make it oh, yeah exactly yeah That's the just, world is yeah. our oyster <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> we've got our own podcast now <laughs> Ex- exactly and no one's gonna stop us <laughs> um under any do you have any other business well the only
1: thing that i wanted to mention earlier was uh, the u.s poster for with Neil and I, right. um, the tagline just made me chuckle because it, all the tagline is "You are cordially invited to spend a funny weekend in the English countryside." What? And I thought, what? Wow, wow! Like one that feels, even though it says English countryside, which yeah. does feature in the film. Yeah. How is that selling or telling you anything about the film? It tells you more, I think,
0: about us. Marketers of films I feel like whatever
1: marketing company they used in the U S failed. Yeah, because maybe they that just is just not good. Get it? Yeah, it's a rubbish tagline. Yeah, but I was thinking that yeah, like maybe they just don't get get it or no. because it's British comedy, mm-hmm. it's very much British humour. Very much so, yeah. So I feel like maybe they were like told that it's a British comedy, and therefore they're going. So of course, it's just going to be. A funny weekend in the country. Maybe so you I, just haven't even seen um, it. Yeah, You've exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: It just doesn't sum that film up. Totally oh, it really doesn't. It. No, it Paul really doesn't. <laughs> um, the only other business that I came across is um, there is, of course, as um, suppose one would expect um, uh, a withnell and I drinking game. Hey. Um, in <clears> fact, <throat> on the on the version that I watched, there was a little uh, extra. Which had a group of students mm-hmm. actually doing the drinking game. <laughs> um, they, I, oh in dear. all furnace, this seemed way too sober by the end of it. to so have been doing it properly? Oh okay. dear! But um, but yeah, I'll run the drinks down. Because okay. The idea is that you have a, you take a drink of whatever they are drinking on.
1: Oh my the, On screen at the right. time,
0: so you have to have all this um, set up in advance, obviously. So we start off with a mouthful of red wine. Just a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, second drink is lighter fluid. And what well, does that. <laughs> amazingly, I mean, they suggest, obviously, for, so we don't get sued, they suggest that you just use something like overproof rum. Um, okay. Uh, famously, they used vinegar in the oh, yeah. actual, yeah, yeah, in the actual shoots, Um mm-hmm. and, and switched it at the last minute from water, so that we got a genuine <laughs> reaction. Um, but someone actually in this video did drink some lighter fluid, which Eww. I think is completely unsafe. No, that's not good. Yeah, please don't try not don't, don't, don't try, try that. Out. Okay. No. Um, then a double gin, mm-hmm. um, three fingers of cider with ice. <laughs> Before the time with the cider with ice. Mm-hmm. Um, a glass, two big chugs, a mouthful and a sip of sherry. <laughs> um, a double whiskey, plus four more mouthfuls of double whiskey and a splash. Right. Six measures of teachers, another sip of sherry, three fingers of ale, a sip of red wine, a gulp of sherry, a small glass of red wine, a sip, and another half a glass. Mm-hmm. A sip of perno. Oh no! Lost me there. Oh dear, no. Ugh. Oh dear, a misspent youth drinking red witches. Oh right, okay. Yeah, which I think were outlawed at one point. What were red witches? Um, cider and black, and a shot of perno.
1: Right.
0: Ooh. I don't knock it till you've tried it. Finally, <laughs> two sips, two gulps. Two fingers of red wine, Mm -hmm. plus four gulps of uh, the fifty-three Margaux. I think you can substitute it for another uh, posh wine Mm -hmm. if you don't happen to have any of that lying around. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's quite a lot of. Nice. I I, I notice in this that there's not many finished drinks.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of half finished
0: drinks. So maybe it is possible to do it without ending up in hospital having your stomach pumped. But Uh I'm not going to try it anytime soon.
1: Oh, that's a shame. Because I was going to say, should we rewatch it now to <laughs> do and all friend. the drinking game and then re-record the podcast? And <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: sadly, I don't have any pernoin. in, oh, so okay. we're going to have to sure. pack that idea okay. for we'll the Okay, we'll pack it for now. Yeah. So uh, I think we're just going to have to say uh, uh, chin 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 chin. We'll, we'll see you
1: next month for whatever for film your choice. I do I something. Yeah. <laughs> spice, world. People are spice world. Vote now if you want spice world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, see you next time. Ta-ta. Chin, chin.